Hi, welcome to another Dog Point podcast. Today we have a special guest, um, special in every sense of the word, <laughs> um, my good friend Aaron Thomas, um, and we're talking Rottweilers today. So this whole podcast is going to be about Rotties, my favorite breed, and um, so I'm super stoked to be here, and um, thanks for welcoming us in your home. Um, Aaron Thomas, many years, yeah, is all I can say. Yeah, many We've years, known each other many, for years. For many years. Yeah. <laughs> we, we started off as, as trainer and client, and it has evolved into so much more now. Yeah, right. right. Um, also, your journey has evolved tremendously. Yeah, from being a Rottweiler owner to one of the premier Rottweiler breeders in in TNT. <laughs> Um, rather steep as well yeah, yeah. in terms of development, right? And um, I actually loved watching it. <laughs> I loved watching it unfold. And, and in full disclosure, I have two of his dogs home, so I'm super <laughs> stoked. Yeah. This is like, yeah. you know, a kid in a, in a candy store here. So, um, yeah, let's talk Rottweilers. Um, tell us a little bit on how... Did you decide to become a Rottweiler breeder? Okay, uh, that's an interesting question. Well, first of all, Mark, I want to thank you and Dog Point for um, giving me the opportunity on your ever-growing and becoming ever-popular Dog Point series and program. You know, I, you, I, you. I myself really enjoy watching them. Um, they're very informative, and I think it's good coming from... Uh, uh, Caribbean nation uh, to an island republic in the South Caribbean, Trinidad and Tobago, yes. to be able to, to do something like this. <clears throat> so I want to applaud you and your team for the um, wonderful work that you all are doing. And um, I just like my journey, I, I am encouraged to see how your journey continues with it. You know? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all I'm right. All so, so get into your question. Well, um, with Rottweilers and me breeding, becoming a breeder for Rottweilers. Um, I got my first Rotty in 2004, all right, 2003-2004, around that time. Uh, locally bred uh, a fella, um, got him for a steal of a deal price uh, at the time. Um, I, I was fascinated with Rottweilers. Even before I got my first Rottweiler, uh, my first experience or my first interaction with a Rottweiler, and I don't know if, it, if this story resonates with anybody, but actually while I was a teenager, <coughs> I grew up in Diego Martin. We are in Diego Martin right now. Um, and I grew up further uh, north in, in, in the valley. Mm -hmm. um, I was walking with a group of my peers who were teenagers at the point in time and um, we were walking through the uh, uh, a development called Blue Range in Dago Martin. There is a spring called Spring Flow that as teenagers we would go visit the spring. After visiting the spring and you know just taking a, a, a nice little uh, spring bath all right and walking back home 
in Blue Range, uh, a lot of the people had purebred dogs. And okay. at, at this point in at this point in time, remember we're young guys walking, uh, pretty rambunctious, noisy. We walked past this house and the gate was open. Oops. Only to realize that there was a Rottweiler in the yard. Can and Mr. Rottweiler <laughs> decides that okay, these rambunctious people passing my house let me go investigate and he came out um sprinting towards mm -hmm. us it was a sight to behold and as usual as uh, as any trainee would do at the point in time the first instinct is to run <laughs> all right and i did i remembered i did i started running but then i remembered um, from from previous experiences and knowledge that I had at the time, sometimes it's it's worse to run because you <laughs> definitely yeah <laughs> because you you get you get the dog into a, even a more prey yeah. mode you you trigger the prey driving the dog by running. So what I decided when the group was running, I slowed down and then I stopped to a dead halt. So the first person that this Rottweiler met was me. Now. Um, it was a very interesting, a very scary moment. But what amazed me was the, the, the intelligence of the dog. When I stopped, the dog didn't, well, you could tell it was a very confident uh, uh, dog. He came, he smelled my feet, he looked up at me, he made a circle around me, and then he watched the other guys running and said, they have more fun than I was. And he chased after them. <laughs> <laughs> so I got away. You <laughs> weren't <skin>. tasty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but seeing the dog close up, I was, I, I was in admiration and in awe of, of the physical structure, the big head, the dark eyes, you know, certain features that, that just stood out to me. And, and although I was in fear, I was also in awe. <laughs> Uh, so that was my first Rot Rottweiler mm. experience. And then years afterward, I got my first Rottweiler in 2003. And that was a nice experience, nice dog and everything. However, he was a bit afraid of loud noises. Okay. And we have Diwali, which is a Hindu celebration. Lots of fireworks. Lots of fireworks at, 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 at that time. And during this fireworks celebration, I was taking him, I was taking him for a walk. Uh, actually, it was uh, in the twilight, not in the evening time, and there wasn't any fireworks going up, but we have what we call the bursting of the bamboo, mm -hmm. where um, people would, would take bamboo and, and make it like a cannon and make loud noises. And um, I noticed the closer we got to it, the more reserved he got, and then it turned into fear, right? right. And I was, I was very curious why such a robust dog but become fearful of no loud noises. So I was wondering why would that would happen. And as it piqued my curiosity, I started to research more on the breed. Um, and in researching, I realized that a lot of it had to do with proper breeding, proper testing and breeding and everything. Um, and n not too long after that, a few years after that, I actually got my first Rottweiler from German stock. And since then, Chewy. I've returned back. Yes, Chewy. <laughs> That's Chewy. 
right? And he was a the totally one, different dog. The one who started it. The one who started it. He was a totally different dog to, to the local. But what I have, I mean, was like chalk and cheese <laughs> when it came mm. to temperament. Yeah, he was yeah. a lot under the collar. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Didn't like the idea of anybody being too close to you. Yeah. So um, that aroused, in my curiosity, it aroused my it, it aroused my curiosity, and then in research, it prompted me into wanting to make a, for, for Trinidad Tobago, a better dog for people. Right. And, and that's why I breed. I, I, I breed to, to better what we have here in the country. That's really what breeding is all about, right? Yeah. People oftentimes believe, yeah, like, I have a female, you have a male, they look alike, you know, it's sells on puppies. Breeding is not really about making money. Nope. <laughs> no, it isn't. Any breeder that breeds at a decent level will tell you, <laughs> you don't make money with us. Yeah. Because there's so many things that can happen to the litter. There's so many things, so many costs associated with getting stock yeah. to breed from. Yeah. Right? Um, it's, 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 not really, it's not really a dollar's game. Nope. nope. Not, nope. If, not, not if it's done correctly. Correct. Yes. Not if it's done correctly, right? Yeah. The idea is always supposed to be that the puppies come out better than the parents. That, yeah. that is really the, the aim. The aim. And yeah. that is not always easy to achieve. No, it doesn't. Especially if you have good parents. Correct. You yeah. know, um, to improve on them, it can be a, a tricky thing because now you, you're already at a high level and now you, it's this little thing that you want. Yeah, correct. It's this little, yeah. you're just a little better in this category alone. Yeah. And you have almost the perfect dog. Yeah. And to achieve this is really difficult. You can have 10 litters missing it yeah. before yeah. before it comes out right. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yep. And and that's why it's it's not really... Yeah. And and another thing, um, in, sp in speaking with, with breeders, you know, other breeders, a lot of people confess that the Rottweiler is one of the most difficult breeds to breed. Uh, because, well, one of the reasons is that um, once you're breeding at a, at, at a, a pretty high level or at an international mm. level, you need to follow the breed standard for the dog. Right. Right? And in following the breed standard for the dog, that, that really changes the ball game. There's <laughs> a lot of detail in that yeah. standard. There's a lot of detail. Yeah. You know, in, in my association with you and, 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 you know, working with you and with your dogs, when I see or come across Rottweilers that clients have, oftentimes it's because of you. I'm taking one look at this dog and it's like, okay, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, <laughs> this is wrong. Yeah. And that's, I have to then block that out because I have to deal with the dog in front of me in order to train it. Yeah. And not let that influence yeah. things, you know. Yeah. I mean, some of the things in terms of drive are obviously influencing training. Yeah. There's limitations. If a dog does not have this drive or that drive, there's limitations as to what I can do in training with the dog. Correct. Right? But the the optical aspects of it, yeah. I cannot let those Correct. be a determining factor in what I do with the dog in terms of training. Yeah. You know? But you can't shake it. Yeah. You know, you, you can't, as a trainer, you're exposed to so many dogs so many times. And so you, you look at a dog and like, okay, 
what did I get myself into with this one? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. what what can or can I not expect from this from this dog? Yeah. You know, and then I always do the best with what I have in front of me. Yeah. And and try and get the dog as close as possible to the goal that the that the owner had set out for the training. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there, there comes the point where I say, okay, th this dog is not going further than this. Yeah. You know, yeah. or if you want to go further, it, it gets really hard on the dog. You know, do you really want to do that? You know, or is it better, you know, you fulfill that particular goal with another dog? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it can yeah. also comes, it, it sometimes it, it can become a financial decision for the owner as well. Yeah. You know, so okay, you want this and this with this, with this dog, but he's missing some of the genetics to make that happen. Right. And training cannot alter genetics. I cannot put something into the dog because you want there. it. Yeah. You know, so there, there is limitations in terms of, in terms of, you know, the dog in front of you. So the better the quality of the dog, the better we can, the more we can do with the dog. Correct. Yep. Right, a dog that's fearless, is confident, has strong nerves, and has high prey and food drive. There is no limit. Yep. Yeah, what right. you can do with this dog, but if the dog doesn't have really prey drive, and yes, I I, I don't think I've ever met a Rottweiler that doesn't have food drive. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, that's rare. <laughs> extremely you know, rare. <laughs> but he is skittish. Yeah. So if I'm it's trying to do something new with the dog, yeah. he's afraid and pulls back and says, what are you trying to do here? Yeah. You know, and then I have to spend a lot of time yeah. regaining his trust, trust and say, okay, yeah. just, just go with the flow here, yeah. you know, and do my best. But then the moment he's presented with that challenge outside of, of the training session, he's going to pull back again yeah. because his genetics won't allow him to be confident about new things. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that quickly can become an issue yeah so the better the the breeding in the dog the better everything else becomes right correct correct you know and, and i'm dealing with a lot of these dogs that that where the genetics are watered down and it's 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 it troublesome to work with right so you'd realize like in a country like uh like ours in trinidad and tobago and and, and i dare say for the for the entire globe right worldwide uh you'll find it probably all over the world. Um, first of all, the Rottweiler, people who generally like the Rottweiler fall in love with the breed, uh, it, it, they tend to like the looks first. That's, that's the first thing. It is, it is uh, I mean, the stature, the, 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 I mean, the size of the dog, the head, the color. It's a, a, you know, a black dog with, with, um, with tan or mahogany mark markings. Um, so it's the look of the dog attracts a lot of people, first of all. Well, people who like, like the Rottweiler, right? It's, it's first of all about, all about the look. And the problem that you have is that, um, and, and nothing is wrong in, in thinking that your dog is the best dog in the world. I have no problems with anybody who, who wants to think that their dog is the best dog in the world. But the fact is, right, um, you ca your, your feeling about your dog is subjective, all right? The only way you can improve on any breed uh, or, or, or on any program is by testing, all right? And in a country like Trinidad, we are very limited in that respect. Uh, yeah. We're very, very limited with 
testing the stock that we have. And um, I'm seeing changes, and I hope that the changes continue, right, that I'm seeing. But we're still a long way from where we need to be. Yeah. Yeah. Testing is the only way to really find out if a working dog is a working dog. Correct. You know, just because a dog is a certain breed doesn't make it a working dog. Yeah. That is the reality. Right? And, and as a trainer, I come across that all the time. You know, people get a dog and believe because it's a Rottweiler, it now will do this, that, and the other. Yep. And then you take a look at the dog and you spend a half hour with the dog and you tell him, okay, he can do this and this, but not that. And then you get your face drop. Yeah. <laughs> you see the disappointment in people's faces and then you try to explain it further, you know. But it doesn't make the disappointment go away. Nope. Yeah. You know, yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, the cure for that is research. Yeah. You know, research not only the breed, but research your breeders. Correct. You know, Correct. Um, see if, if they have, if they have um, you know, competed with the dog. Are they taking part in anything with the dog? Do they do anything with the dog other than have it home in a kennel? Correct. You know, yeah. and, and, and so you can, um, you can see if, if a breeder is working with their dog and you see videos of the dog working, okay, I can take a look at this and, and they seem to be confident, they seem to be doing it, they seem to want to work. Yeah. And that becomes then a criteria that's okay, this is one in the closer selection. Yeah. 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 And then there's people that, as you say, people like the looks of a dog. And in turn, that people like a big dog. Correct. And then there's that's those exactly. that shamelessly exploit that. Yeah. And breed something that is outside of the breed standard in terms of size and because they know people like a big dog and then try to make it something special yeah. even though it's outside of the breed standard yep. by calling it something different and then we have this term in Trinidad for those who are not living in this country <laughs> called a king rod ah, and oh boy. <laughs> the hair raises in my neck just saying uh, the word yeah. Because it, it it is a pet peeve of mine. It irks me no end that you know people to take a term, coin a term, to promote the wrong thing. If it's outside the breed standard, it's outside the breed standard and exactly. shouldn't be. Yeah, the, the the breed standard is there for a reason because it makes for a sound dog. Yep. Yeah, and so those overly large dogs. They're very clumsy in, in how they move oftentimes. And it, it again, you take one look at the dog and say, okay, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. yeah. You know, and so, yeah. I mean, it, it must, I can imagine, if it irks me as a trainer. Yeah, yeah, as a breeder boy. And I'm not a breeder, right? Yeah. I just love Rottweilers. I can imagine I, what's going on in your head when somebody asks you, but if you have, if you have, if your dogs are king rods. Well, a few <laughs> years ago, um, I had, uh, well, you know, Nesta. Nesta is um, a dog I imported from Falcon. Yes. That's a yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I, I was at the airport when he came in with yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a beautiful male Rottweiler. Very, very impressive specimen. And um, I was walking him on St. Lucian Road at the time in Diego Martin. And a guy come, came up to me and, and he said, 
wow, that's a king rot. And of course, I I try my best to not sh- react in, in, with a facial expression that, that shows contempt. <laughs> um, you better than me. <laughs> and I said, uh, I, I said with a smile, I said, I said, no, this is a Rottweiler. Uh, there's really nothing, you know, there's nothing like a king rot. And, and he, he proceeded to, to, to correct me and educate me at, at that point in time. And this is what he said. He said, he said, um, he said, what? And, uh, um, for, for those who are not in, uh, who, who, who are watching the podcast and they're not in Trinidad, forgive Forgive if I go off with my Trini accent a bit, but this is what he said. What are you telling me? That is not a king rot? Boy, my uncle had king rots long time, boy. My uncle had real king rots. And and I know what a king rot is. And I'm telling you that is a king rot. So <laughs> when it reaches to that stage, um, there's, there's a saying that says, well, ignorance is bliss. It is folly to be wise. So... Um, so I realized the ignorance was bliss then, and I, I just acceded to what he said and, and, and went on my merry way. But that, that shows the level sometimes people are willing to, 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 to go with their ignorance. And, and a lot of people locally, they tend to get their education from others. Uh, and and that's not necessarily it, a and, good thing. And it persists so much. Huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm in this country 25 years. And I've tried for 25 years to tell people there's no such thing yeah. as a king rod. Yeah. And it's still around. Yep. Yep. The term is still around. Yeah. So I'm hoping that with the onset of social media and podcasts, yeah. <laughs> that we reach more people and you know stump this out once and for all. There yeah. is no breed standard anywhere in the world talking about a king rod. Correct. It does not exist. It was the, in the imagination and the invention of somebody who had oversized dogs. Yep. Correct. All right. Um, and also, again, we, we, we will hear, I guess, in the podcast, we'll always revert back to the breed standard, right? Yeah. And um, um, I don't want to get too technical in the podcast, so I, will, I, I probably wouldn't quote much of the breed standard. It's there. Actually, anybody who's interested in the Rottweiler breed standard, I recommend that they check the Rottweiler Trinidad and Tobago Club, official club page on Facebook. It's one of the featured articles in the Rottweiler Club's page on Facebook where you could access the, the breed standard and see what it says. But back to the breed standard. The breed standard allows for a limit, right? Just as you correctly mm-hmm. said, what is the maximum and what is the minimum for the breed? And, and, the, and in the breed standard, it says that the Rottweiler is a medium to large yeah. Stalwart dog. Not That's a large to giant. Yeah, not a large to giant. Right? Uh, so at the end of the day, a Rottweiler is a Rottweiler. Uh, this thing about King Rot or, you know, or, or, or any other um, terminology that people would like to, to, to use, at the end of the day, the Rottweiler is a Rottweiler. There are those that match the breed standard closer than others. That's, yeah. that's the difference. That is an understatement of the year <laughs> i've seen some rottweilers that uh, they would come closer to the breed standard of an overweight doberman yeah yeah than a rottweiler yeah and it's putting it mildly yeah yeah 
So I've seen some Rottweilers that are more mastiff. Yep, correct. Than a Rottweiler. Right. So you have the two extremes. Right. And the real Rottweiler is somewhere in between. Right. You and know, really and truly. And more importantly, the mindset of the Rottweiler is somewhat unique to its breed, I find. Correct. Yeah. The combination of power, nerve, and courage is, in a well-bred Rottweiler, the most outstanding feature. Yep. Yep. It is. It is. And I see it every day yeah. when I look at force. Yeah. One head, one guard. Yeah. <laughs> the dog I got from you, nothing shakes him. I've tried. I've tried for two years to try and find something that scares him and I've come up empty. Yeah. He just doesn't scare. And he's not, you know, taken aback by something easily. He's just, anytime I take him to a new place, he owns it. He has never been in, 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 in the ocean or in a river before. I took him to Marian River and he was happy, go lucky, hopping around in the water. Yep. Yeah. He didn't yeah. care. He was just having fun. Yeah. You know, and coming off the off the pickup and into the sand and he has never been walking in sand before. Yeah. Nothing threw him off. Yeah. And and from He was just excited. From the from well, Mark, you know I hand picked that puppy for you, right? So yes. <laughs> <laughs> from the um from the whelping box I could I'm not surprised with, with, with how he turned out because from the welping box, I could have assessed him and knew that he would have turned out in, in a, to a dog like that because into a dog like that because he showed it since then. And that's, that's another difference with, breed, with breeders and breeders. Uh, a breeder that really knows his stuff could watch a puppy at the age of five and six weeks and he doesn't have to be a hundred percent correct, but he could tell with a good, a very high percentage, the way those that puppy might turn out. Right? Um, one of the things that a lot of people who purchase puppies from me, uh, uh, one of the things they always tell me is that, Aaron, how did you know that this puppy would have turned out the way he did, uh, or this puppy was? was the type of puppy that I wanted, you know, would have fit well with me. And um, that's a very interesting question. And the reason for that is, is if, if anybody comes to me for a puppy, you know, I, so I'm not the type of breeder that, that advertise, right? That would, that would, yeah, say puppies for sale and everything like that. I, 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 I mean, um, Thank God I, ha I, I, I've never had, well, I don't breed often, that's number one. And I've never had that amount of litters where I have to say, you know, I need this dog sold as the case may be. It's more the other way around. Yeah, I have a lot of people demand, a lot of people who would want puppies from me. And anybody who comes to me for a puppy would know that there are some hoops and some hurdles you have some. to go through <laughs> and jump over some before you can get a puppy, right? Um, and then going through those hoops and going over those hurdles, that's why I assess the person. And then I look at the temperament of the puppy from the welping box, from the genetics that I have. And I said, okay, this one will fit this one. And even in a litter of puppy, and I breed, uh, so I use a lot of line breeding. All right. So I breed close genetics. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's not too, too widespread. All right. And... Um, 
even in that, there are differences in temperament. Oh yeah, he's he's <laughs> in many ways different from his from his siblings. Yeah, correct. You yeah. know, by the way, he still watches TV. <laughs> okay, and not just what I like about him is it's not just watching at the screen. He gets involved in the story. Yeah. So if the main character in a show gets pushed or hit, yeah, in a, in a cop show or anything, he gets upset. Yeah. Yeah. He gets upset and he walks up to the TV and he growls at the person that hit him. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing to watch. This this dog is actually involved in the story. Yeah. And it, I think, I don't think I've ever seen that before in a dog. Yeah. You know, to have to have that mental capacity to to actually look at something on the t- on the TV and not just bark because he sees a dog. I've seen that many times before, but actually to be involved in a story somebody moving around kind of suspicious and he's you know he gets up he growls he's like what you doing because he finds the behavior suspicious yeah, yeah. you know that is it's really fun to watch yeah. it's really fun to watch yeah and I don't know what he has with racing but he he loves to watch a Formula One race. Oh, okay. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, like, F one. <laughs> yeah, he will he will look at the whole thing and yeah. just. I don't know if it's the noise or, the, but he's fascinated by it. Yeah, well, that's interested. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he hears them engine scream and he's yeah. like <laughs> all engrossed in it. Yeah. But in, in in other things, he's he's so predictable. Yeah. I know the things that would that could trigger him. And lo and behold, every time the trigger comes, I say, okay, here we go. Yeah. Three, two, one. And then he growls. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, um, but you also know what he is not going to do. Yep. Yeah. So it, that with that, you can develop a certain amount of trust with the dog. But you say, no, he's going to be fine. How you know? Yeah. I just know. Yeah. I know my dog. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's not gonna be startled or afraid of it I said no oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> you know take him to some place new some place new and he just owns it he just walks in and says, yep yep that's right you uh, know and, and, and as, as as if he's coming there for, for years yeah and I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because um, uh, one of the things that I, I've realized locally um with 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 Rottweilers, for example, uh, we had two confirmation shows last year. After not having um, confirmation shows for a while, right? The Rottweiler Club had one at the beginning of September, and the Trinidad and Tobago Kennel Club had another at the right. end of October. And um, that was one of the things I noticed in the shows that and 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 so a lot of people ask me. And, and this is more like, I guess, what you would call the, the working people would ask me. If the dogs I breed are working line, right? So, and, and, I, and that is a, actually a, a, a very interesting topic for a Rottweiler, right? This question of working line and shoe line, all right? Really and truly, at the end of the day, the Rottweiler is supposed to be both. Yeah. It's supposed the Rottweiler is a dog that's supposed to be able to stand up in the confirmation ring. And in Germany, you've heard this a lot that 
the dog will be in the confirmation ring on the Saturday, all right, in our Seeger show. And then on the Sunday, the dog will be out there performing in a Schutzen trial, all right, the very next day. It's a working dog that can show. Exactly. That's exactly in what that it order. is. Right, <laughs> and um, and the style of showing that we we've had in Trinidad and Tobago is is basically like the Westminster style show, the English slash American style where uh, you run around the ring and you stack the dog and everything, and um, I I appreciate uh, uh, that there is a technique to it. You know, I've I've learned the technique and everything, but it's not my preference, and the reason for that is uh, it does not show the true temperament of the dog and i've seen right. dogs in those styles of shows i've seen dogs but what i would call and, and i'm sure anybody who is into working their dogs would call weak temperament right not necessarily that they're skittish but you can tell that the temperament is not strongly dog do well because it's a well-conformed dog all right that has the right angulations, and when you set up the dog, the dog looks good, mm -hmm. all right, on the setup. But the essence of the dog, the, the what makes the dog, so it, it, it comes down to the, the debate that we have with form and function, right? That form always follows function, meaning that function is always the premier thing, all right? Yeah, especially in Dog must be able to function, and the form follows it, right? form and function uh, it comes down to that argument and um that's why i prefer i prefer the german seeger style or the european seeger style shoes with the double handling with the double handling you see the dog in its essence and you know um the dog stacks naturally so the dog so the and judges the, the, the chest, the chest and head up yep. yeah that's and the dog N presents himself naturally naturally right not manually yeah <laughs> correct you know, so um, while I, as I said, while I appreciate that style, the American and slash the English style of showing, I appreciate and I know the art and everything like that. My preference is the Seagull style shows. And, and the reason for that, it shows the temperament of the dog a lot better than those roots. Full stop. Yeah. <laughs> and those dogs want to work. Want to work? I mean, our audience knows from from the early videos that he had an injury and he had an operation, so he cannot really work yeah. at the moment. And I had a, a mini, very light training session with him a few days ago, and he could see how happy he was, even before we got there. Just being in the car, and he, he looks at the surroundings. I think I know where we go in. Yeah. And with that, this whole demeanor changed. And then when he was out there and we, we filmed some of it, so we might, might have it in, in a video later on. But how he behaved, you know, putting 100% into it. Yep. And of course, because of the long rest and a lot of time in AC, you know, he got hot really quickly. So we couldn't have the session too long. But what he gave was a hundred percent yeah because that's what he wants to do he lives for that yeah you know and and i rewarded i can't throw the ball for him too far for him to build up too much speed yet so i use the tug yeah 
Oh boy, did he have fun pulling <laughs> on that. <laughs> he, and pulling and growling and almost got carried away with himself. Yeah. And then he catch himself because he was growling after I let it go. And then he, he caught himself, he looked at me and, and he sat, <laughs> you know, to make up for it. And when I told him, I was seen immediately. Dropped, dropped it. it and yeah. Yeah. I could take it from right under him. Yeah. You know, because he was getting into this possessiveness you can't get it and then he remembered that that is not really what i want <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, okay yeah you know uh, once i once i give the house command yeah you know if i just reach for it yeah <laughs> you know but no one with the command he free access yeah yeah immediately and he hasn't done anything in months yeah you know so and he's still maturing so it, it's you know at first and then let's see where that goes you know, because when they're now mature and they had a, a long break from training, they tend to go a little overboard. Yeah. And yeah. I was prepared for it, but yeah. it didn't happen. Yeah. He was clear enough in his head to not let that happen. Yep. He's yep. almost there, but and stopped himself in time. And you use that term there that is essential for the Rottweiler that is also lacking in some of the dogs. Clear in the head. All right. Yes. Um, my so my mentor breeder, as uh, a lot of people know, is in Belgium, and that's Julian Wischtecke of the Falconess Falconess Kennel, um, and he would he is very big on that with his dogs, and you can yes. tell from yes. from from you can tell from uh, from the type of dogs that he has produced, he's very big on the dogs being clear in the head. Because and, and and what 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 does that mean? What what if anybody wonders what what we're talking about? What 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 is this clear in the head? Clear in the head is that the dog is strong. The dog is in drive. The dog uh, is, is is very very powerful, very powerful, and everything. But the dog is clear enough to know that you are in control, and you are the leader, and is clear enough to allow you to lead. All right. Where it becomes tricky is when you have dogs that are a little more testy or a little more nervy, all right, and they're not as clear in the head. And then we have the problems where people being mauled to death, you know, because the dogs are basically that. They're not clear in the head. Yeah. It's not clear dogs. And how I like to test it yeah. over and over is rec recall going into a bark and hold. Yeah. So I'm calling him with the tug, raise up the tug. Now naturally he would want to go after it, but then I cover it with my hand yeah. completely. Yeah. I don't hide it. I just put my hand over the, the bite area. And that is when he drops into the, into the set immediately, knowing that, okay, I can't go for it. So even though he comes with full drive yeah. and full anticipation of getting it, yep. he can stop himself in the last second and sit and then I just raise it a bit and ask him for the for the bark and hold. Yeah. And then he starts barking. And when he goes in a nice rhythm, I just move, the, slide the hands on the tug to the outside and raise it a little bit and give him access. Right. And then he immediately comes and takes. Yep. Yeah. And then we play a game play of tug as a reward. Yeah. And I can do this 20 times. And 20 times he gets it right. Yeah. Yep. Because he's clear, he understands. When the hands go over it, it, you can't take it. Yeah. 
I know many other dogs that I've trained that would have bitten me by going after the dog and bite my hand. They yeah. don't care that the hand is over it. Yeah. yeah. And that's the difference. That is why a dog in adrenaline, in drive, can make those split-second decisions and get them right. Yeah. yeah. That's when you know a dog is clear, clear in the head. head. Correct. And it's something that's essential, especially for a powerful breed like the, like the Rottweiler. Very, 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 very important. All right? And again, the market all comes down to testing. You have to be able to test for that. And ag- again, it, uh, so the mother country for the Rottweiler is Germany. All right? mm-hmm. Your mother country. <laughs> all right? um, and the Germans, they formulated a way to test their breeding stock. That's why they're always producing top dogs. Year come, year go, the Germans tend yeah, to always be on top. It's year round. Yeah. They test. And they test, they test the dogs. They test the dogs in confirmation. They test the dogs in temperament. Right? Um, f- they have the sociability test, which is the, the BH mm-hmm. uh, that, they, that, that they do. So for a dog to be able to breed in Germany, uh, to be considered a, a, a breeding specimen, all right, the dog has to have its pH, and then the dog also has to have the ZTP, right? Zuchttauglichkeitsprüfung. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know what it is, but I can't pronounce it <laughs> <laughs> properly. All right, so thanks for that, right? So the ZTP. A breed, for it's those a breed, who don't know, it's a breed suitability test. Yeah, it's a breed suitability test or a, you know, a breed survey test, right? And it's a test that tests each and every aspect of the breed standard. That's what people don't realize. Yeah. So there are measurements for the dog. They measure the dog to make sure that that dog is within the measurements and the breed standard, right? So the dog is measured. The dog is also uh, temperament tested with people to check the sociability to make sure the nerves are intact and everything. And the dog is also tested in temperament. Uh, and, 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 and working ability, all right? And protection. Untested without gunshots as well. Yep, but loud gunshots and everything. And that's why I migrated. On and off leash. And that's why I migrated <laughs> to the German dogs. Because remember my story about my first Rottweiler, mm. all right? Well, that I found very strange that, that, that he was afraid of afraid loud of noises. Noise, yeah. And then I realized that it's highly unlikely you're going to find. German dogs like that because part of their testing over years has been for noise, <laughs> for, for noise reaction. Yeah. When, when he was almost a year old, was his first all year's night. Yeah. I had to wake him up during fireworks. Yeah. To take him outside to see how he behaves with fireworks. Yeah. I had to wake him up. Yeah. Because he was sleeping right through it. Yeah. He couldn't be bothered. He come, I come outside with him and he looks up. Yeah, whatever. Here's the Kong toy. Let's play. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to work. <laughs> That's all he could think about. It's like, okay, dropped it by my feet and let's let's do stuff. Yeah, yeah. you know. That's what he was thinking about. Yeah. While this is going, while this all this craziness is going on. Right. Yep. And some so what um, your listeners or your viewers want a person might be looking at and saying these guys talking about all this test and um, 
why why is that so important man you know once i have a dog that looks good and he looking like if he could uh so for example mark a dog that rushes the gate and is intimidating as the gate does that necessarily mean that that dog is protective no no it doesn't i get i have a story for that one yeah <laughs> we were training two german shepherds in Walsin. well i was doing obedience for them and the owner said he wants some protection with them now i could tell by how the dogs behave we can test them but i'm not too sure they will be up to the task yeah was really poor genetics in that sense in terms of temperament right so the decoy is outside the gate attracting the dogs and they're barking they're growling they're snarling the hackles race and you would swear they wanted they want to kill him that's all right i put one in the kennel put the other one on the leash and tell the owner open the gate and the gate opened and now their safety barrier was gone yeah and the dog was hiding behind my legs pulling backwards on the leash yep Trying to push me in front is a day somebody you 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 deal with that right? <laughs> yep, same dog that was getting on like a criminal. He pulled himself out <laughs> of the collar yeah. and joined his brother in the kennel. Yep, yep. Try to break into the kennel. Yep, yep. You know, so what you would see at the gate and what the dog actually gonna do are two different things. Right, and that is a reflection again of genetics, right? So in breeding, we have the terms phenotype, which is the look of the dog, mm -hmm. and the genotype, meaning what the dog, the substance, what the, what the dog is, is actually made of, what is in the dog's head, mm -hmm. you know? I remember Chewy yeah. lying down on your porch, and somebody come into the gate, and he would just lie down there and watch him. Yeah, correct. And the person okay. saying, but he's not bad. Yeah. And I I'm having worked with the dog. Scratching my head, it's like, hey, you go ahead and think so. Yeah. <laughs> because I know what the dog is capable of. Yep. You know, but he, it's not a threat to him. Yeah. And he's and lying down there confidently watching and say, yeah, and, come and, inside. And when people come to me, all right, my dogs don't bark. They assess, right? Um, a lot of the times people have to use, uh, use their phone, right, and, um, and call me. A lot of the times, that what they that's what they have to do. They have to make a call to find out if it is that if it is that um, I'm wrong because the dogs are not barking, right? And and they find that they find that you know why your dogs don't bark much. Well, first of all, I couldn't have as much dogs that uh, as I have. In an area because I, I live in a, 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 a in a, in a suburban area, right? And um, I couldn't. For example, a lot of people ask me why do, you know why if I like the German Shepherd. A German Shepherd is a lovely breed. It's a mm -hmm. fascinating breed. I I always say that even in Malinois, I, I I I love to see them work. I love, but why I choose the Rottweiler? For me, and this is for me personally, above those breeds, it's less noise. That's the big seller for me with the Rottweiler. They are so much less noise. <laughs> we are here now uh -huh. yeah. for a while. Yeah. Because we took some time to set up and all that. I think I've heard two dogs bark since so, I came here. Yeah. Out of? Out of 11. 
<laughs> goes to show you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> right? Out of my three dogs, two are Rottweilers. The noisiest one is the Shepherd. Yep. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there are s- certain advantages. And, uh, and again, it comes down to everyone's personal preference at the end yes. of the day. Um, uh, so, for example, if my ambition was to compete at the IGP World Championships, for example, or um, another international uh, Schutzen event or IGP event, I would not choose a Rottweiler. And people might say, what? You know, be surprised. Yeah. And, and the reason for that is I am already beginning with a, a dog that that is 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 um is behind a little bit in comparison to the German Shepherd and the Malinois in those fields, yes. in that sporting field. And the reason for that is that once you get into the sport, you're gonna realize that there's a certain finesse that gets you more points and that that the Rottweiler just structurally it cannot give you that because it's all about power. Yes, they do everything with power. Yeah, it's power. Everything, it's, everything it's is all power about with power. a Rottweiler. Yeah, they don't do anything easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything is weight and power. Yeah. Every time my dogs run over the lawn, yeah, I can hear the grass rip under their feet, the roots. They're ripping grass roots. Yeah. Because everything is power. With Ninja, my German Shepherd that I had from, from Roger, he would be lightning fast. But you don't hear him run. Yeah. He's very light footed. Yeah. Right? Not with those guys. Yeah. Those guys you you know they're coming. Yep. Correct. You know? Yeah. And it's it's also what I like about Rottweilers. They're a bullish, strong Sometimes even pig-headed. Yep. Yep. Dog. That mm-hmm. as a trainer, I like the little challenge every now and again. Yeah, exactly. The little test of will. Exactly. You know, if yeah. a dog is 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 too compliant. Yeah. It's a little boring for me. Yeah. Correct. So I I I kind of like a dog that. Yeah. Where he he tries something and I tell uh uh-uh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep. you know, and and I enjoy that. And I enjoy that. And Rottweilers will test your leadership skills. All the time. All right? And that's why it's not a breed for everyone. Definitely. That is actually, uh, if you didn't touch it, that yeah. is something that I wanted to touch on in, yeah. in this. <laughs> There's a lot of people that have this breed that really and truly shouldn't shouldn't have it. I agree with you. A hundred percent. If you're naturally not a person that is inclined to correct a dog when necessary... Do not have get a Rottweiler. a Rottweiler. Agreed. Because yeah. that dog will see you as a pushover. Yes. That dog will push and push and push. And if you don't give him pushback, that dog will be in charge one day and growl at you or maul you. Yep. And that is something that you have to have a certain mindset, a certain characteristics as a in your genetic makeup to successfully own a Rottweiler. Yep. Just how the dog has to have certain genetics, you know, as as the handler, you have to have some of that. And it's not necessarily about power or size. Not at all. I know I know women that handle Rottweilers like a boss. Yep. 
and yeah, there are many and yeah. they're barely 100 pounds yes yes you know that's true it is all about the mental yeah. attitude yep. in which you deal with the dog in which you treat the dog train the dog live with the dog yeah that that decides all of that yeah it's not it's not pound for pound force you know and oftentimes because of our crime situation people want a powerful guard dog correct and it's similar with the mastiffs right i see I, a lot of people get mastiffs and then call for help because for a year the dog was a sweetheart yeah and all of a sudden shows the true colors and they realize that dog is above their skill level yeah and now they get afraid of their own dog yeah you know and it's 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 a really serious issue for me because so yeah i can train the dog and the dog will respect me yeah and because he doesn't have a choice yeah right <laughs> and um yeah. then the dog behaves when i'm there yeah. but the moment i walk out of the gate and the dog has to depend on the leadership that they provide it all goes out the window correct and then when i come back the dog is on his best behavior and i hear all the horror stories from what happened between the two training sessions correct yeah right and i always try to tell people if you do what i do you will get the same results yeah if you do what you do yeah. you won't correct yep right you have to you have to behave a certain way if you want to have a powerful dog that dog for that dog to respect you the dog must know that you could be bigger and more bad than he is correct Correct. And, you need and to if he doesn't that. get that vibe from you, yeah. he is not going to take you on. Yeah. That dog is, he, he would be nice when it suits him. He'd be very nice with you for as long as he gets treats and hug-ups and kisses and <laughs> pet-ups. He'll be very nice. But the moment he wants to swallow that mango and you tell him no. No. And he's, like, and he's looking at uh, you and... You stop since, me now? Since, <laughs> since, when, since when you deciding that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yep. Even even force, right? Yeah. Your little neighbor has starch mangoes, right? So he picks it up, but he knows he's not supposed to have it. So he comes with it, and you could see the little green yeah. sticking out, right? Yeah. So he watches you, and the ears flat back because he knows he doesn't get to keep it. Yeah. And then he lies down and says, Aus. Yeah. Drops the head. Still doesn't release it because he really wants it. So he squeezes a little bit to get at least some of the juice. Aus. Force. <laughs> he spits it out and he looks at you all submissive. And then I take it. I praise him for letting it go. I distract him with something and then pelt it. Yeah. yeah. So that he can't swallow the seed. Yep. Because he will swallow it. Yeah. Right. The others, they don't. They would just eat around it and leave the seed. But yeah. he, he would... If you give him a chance. Yeah. And that's dangerous. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So I always take it away from him. Yeah. You know, but it, it's it's a little game. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little game. I don't expect it's a, him. It's a game no, of wills. Yeah. I don't expect <laughs> him to just run out and he just drops it. Yeah. Because a little bit of possessiveness is healthy for a Rottweiler. Right? Correct. So it's a bit of a, of a give and take. Correct. You know? Yeah. Because I know at the end he will let it go. Yeah. And I'll get it. Yeah. So I'm not too worried. Yeah. But I play this game with him a little bit. Yeah. 
you know now if it's if it's a truck toy and we training no once yeah and you better let it go yeah but something like this because he comes with it you know he brings it because he knows he has to give it up so he's he's halfway there already right knowing that okay i don't get to keep it <laughs> that's already in his mind but he enjoys the little talk the little back and forth between him and, and myself yeah. and i do too yeah i enjoy that too with him and it it it's kind of fun <laughs> you know yeah because i don't see the need to to to, to fully dominate him over that no you yeah. know and and that so because so i don't want to break him you know it's it's, it's so in training terms and even in the rod circles you hear this phrase be firm but fair. Yes. Yeah. You, you and that's what you need to be with the Rottweiler. You need to be firm and let them know, hey, enough is enough, right? Right. But fair in that you could there's a there's room there for him to be him. Yeah, a little give be, and take. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know? And, and and to strike that balance. And that's another uh, another thing I realized with the Rottweiler. Even in the breed standard, even uh, in confirmation and in temperament, the word balance comes up a lot. It's a very balanced dog, right? Mm. Um, for the ratio for the body, for example, all right, it's slightly longer than taller, mm -hmm. a ratio of nine to ten, <laughs> right? The dog is almost square. Almost square, yeah. yeah he's Almost. And I've seen some Rottweilers that long like Yeah, that, that long in the body, you know. So, and, and these are things, again, once you start, I don't expect people to know this off the bat. You have to get into the breed. Now, if, if the Rottweiler is a dog that you love, I expect you to, 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 to get further and get the knowledge, all right? But, but I know there are other people who just like, the Rottweiler because they like dogs they're dog lovers out there and, uh, and the Rottweiler is a dog and they have a, a Rottweiler for that that case and and there's nothing again there's nothing wrong with that my the issue that I have is people like that being breeders because they have no knowledge of what is right they have no oh, oh uh, if they don't have none let's say very little if, if so much and 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 just because um as I said, they, they love their dog and they have another pretty dog, all right? Um, I get these messages on, sometimes on a daily basis. Um, I have a king rot. I have a male king rot. If you know anybody with a female, you can point them in their, their direction, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and you get these things. And, and if a breeder like me, you know, I, I, sometimes the polite thing to do is actually not to respond. <laughs> because... Oh? <laughs> or something that, that I do a lot, uh, respond with the breed standard. Or respond with the breed standard. Just yeah. Posting a link to the yeah. breed standard. Yeah. And let people let people follow it, you know, let people know. Because about anybody it. who's honest enough and reads it will realize that what is written there and what they're talking about is two different things. Yep. And in this day and age, Mark, we are without excuse. The information yeah. is now at our fingertips. You know? We are without excuse. Uh, and it's right there for us, right? Yeah. And in saying that, I also want to be very, again, balanced in my approach. It also doesn't mean that a breeder that, that, that has been breeding for years and, and, um, and knows the breed standard and everything is going to breed perfect dogs every time. It just doesn't happen, no, it doesn't like, happen that. like that. 
you know it doesn't happen like that you know there are times that they may encounter because that's just the way genetics work right they may encounter faulty dogs dogs in their breeding program right yeah. but a responsible breeder would not use a faulty dog in his, in his or her breeding program yes that's the difference you can have a puppy come out with faults yeah with two good dogs that very close to the breed standard correct that can happen yeah but a good breeder wouldn't knowingly yes use an inferior dog and breed with it correct yeah. you know at least they shouldn't they shouldn't yeah <laughs> we'll not, say saying, like not saying there's not people that do that right. so but yeah it it's it's sometimes baffling yeah how how much time people would spend on social media for everything yeah and how little time they would research when they want to get a dog correct as to what breed is right for them what sex in the breed is right for them yeah but you know well, one of the does it fit their lifestyle yeah all those things there's almost zero research done but one of the things i realized with with, with people in um, here locally is that they they want you to tell them you know <laughs> they want they they want to get it they want to get it that that you you told them this right but unless it's somebody you know very well and can trust you cannot trust what you hear from 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 readers uh, you know uh, that you don't know you know or, or that you haven't done any research on you cannot trust exactly what they say and then in trinidad we don't have the as i said the amount of testing that they have in europe and even north america we don't have that in, here in in the caribbean as much so um for, i heard you were talking about um a dog that looks closer to doberman than that than, than overweight, a rottweiler so the again the the, the technical term that we use in breeding is atypical, all right? So that's an atypical dog, all right? Um, and that has been a problem in Trinidad with a lot of breeders. Um, I, 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 I can remember speaking to people and they said that. They said, they said I don't want my Rottweiler looking like a Doberman, meaning, and, and in the breed standard it says neither leggy nor weedy. Right? right that's the words in the, that they use in the breed standard for it okay and so you ha so you have people um getting dogs that look like this and wondering uh when they go back to the breeder they see a pretty a, a very robust male all right or or they see a robust female and and they don't show you the male you know and they wonder why it is my dog doesn't look like as they said they do it doesn't look like the parents all right why doesn't do that and again it's because the breeders are not ethical you have no idea what happened there you know um i've heard some very very some some harsh horror stories oh about yeah, breeders, disturbing stuff very yes. disturbing stuff disturbing stuff about about breeding locally here in trinidad so so all that sort of distrust uh, it, it, what what puts that to rest a bit again is standards Right, uh, standards yeah. and, and, and testing and, 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 and all and that stuff. And continuously educating people. Yeah, correct. Which is what Dog Pointers do. Yes, <laughs> we, we, to the point of almost to a fault. Yeah, yeah. And the reason for that is 
there are things that perceptions that people have that we need to change right somebody sees force and say but he not purebred he have a tail yeah i forget that also correct yeah you know not i'm like yeah okay yeah. <laughs> you know not to realize that rottweilers are not born docked exactly <laughs> but but people were so accustomed yeah. seeing them without a tail yeah that it for them it's the most obvious thing to question is yeah. so why the dog don't have a tail yeah you know why the dog ha- this dog has one you know so just like with with dobies with, with the ears you know? yeah correct because natural ears yeah because people feel that like the, the doby looks yeah. looks more fierce with the cropped ears yeah and my my thing to that is if you're receiving it on a bite of a bite <laughs> it doesn't matter do you care <laughs> if the ears are upright or hanging yeah yeah it's just aesthetic and the looks. answer and yeah. the answer is well no yeah so then why does it matter yeah if if somebody wants to break into somebody's house or, or get into somebody's yard are they less intimidated with the doberman that's snarling back at them from inside yeah because the ears are hanging yeah uh. teeth are teeth yeah you know how does it matter but it matters to your dog yeah greatly yeah right i have noticed rottweilers with 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 their tail are a lot better at changing direction correct they are yeah. a lot better in the water yep they are overall more agile dogs yeah correct they're not as clumsy yeah when they when they change direction yeah because so it's a counterbalance yep right yeah so apart from most european countries it yeah. being illegal now no, yeah and yeah. that's a good thing because yes. it was purely cosmetic yeah we no longer have, have rottweilers pull carts where you have reins and harnesses and and all of that very tail gets in the way yeah which was originally the reason why they were docked correct you know but now it's nobody does that anymore yeah so there is no reason for them not to 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 keep their tail yep yep and i prefer a dog with a tail i'm sorry yeah. yep yep it's personally it's uh, i prefer it so chewy right mm-hmm. <coughs> um he was my first on dog dog Mm-hmm. right uh with the natural tail and i uh, i remembered when i went to to purchase him from from Nigel Ferguson who is the um the owner of the um von Arden house kennel right when when i went there with my wife and of course when we when we heard the price this is what she said she said if we're going to pay that amount of money for a puppy you are not going to cut his tail and at that time i was uh, with the old school mm. look and i was like oh man because i was thinking you know probably when he's about 3 months i'll take him to the vet and have the vet cut the tail or whatever and she said one of th- one of the things one of the reason one of the um conditions for us getting that puppy is n- we are not we going to keep that tail natural and at first i was apprehensive about, about it but i'm glad that she made that decision because since then and after having him with a a a, a natural tail all my dogs that I've bred and that I've gotten are 
dogs with natural tails and 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 you, and you right. said it correctly uh um, it's definitely. a it's a it's a huge advantage to the dog i think than yeah. with a dog tail yeah they're much more agile on their feet despite their weight yeah yep. you know despite their weight they i see elena make some directional changes that will have a shepherd dizzy yeah yep i mean yeah. i don't have much of a lawn <laughs> but <laughs> but um yeah when she went in full full run she she does a 90 degree turn and all you see is some grass flying but she's making that turn yep and i don't think that if she had no tail i don't think she could make it that quickly yeah yep because at the speed that she goes and some people have seen the video of <laughs> of elena there's the the video on engagement yeah. earlier on on our social media page yeah. anybody who watched that video will understand what i'm talking about she is insane yep, yep. with her drive yep yeah and i love it i love yep. every bit of it yeah it's, it's fun it's fun to have her around it is yeah. you, yeah. you she's sitting in front of you and you tell her plots you hear her land yeah like pop yeah <laughs> she just pops into the position yeah. it's, it's it's a beauty yeah one of, one of the mm. things i want to encourage uh well if anybody's still listening this long into the podcast <laughs> and the local especially I want to encourage people to to get involved in yes pet training I mean for the most part a lot of people will 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 want pet training and 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 they'll seek pet training for their dogs and that's excellent but when you have what I so I refer to this when you have a a Ferrari or a Lamborghini in your garage okay I have it parked up there It, it's a nice car to look at you know it's uh, i mean it's but it's even nicer to drive but it's even nicer to drive <laughs> and if you have a ferrari of a rottweiler or a lamborghini of a rottweiler and you just have that dog there doing normal stuff you know um you don't get the real appreciation until you take it out for a spin <laughs> you know you take that dog out first and then you really see what the dog is all about and what they're capable of yeah they, they, oftentimes people don't give the breed credit for what they can do yep you know they can do a lot a lot of things correct and they're very versatile all right and yeah. and in my program I've, I have I've had it you know Coco was a detection narcotics yep. detection dog the uh, explosive detection um they train in the sport of IGP IPO um uh, uh echo echo yeah <laughs> probably one of the most well known most re- resilient most uh asked for rottweiler out there very very social and and this is a, this is the, this is the interesting thing with echo echo never started like that no People he was not social at all Echo was Echo not was very standoffish yeah, when he was, was younger. Yeah, he was very very standoffish when he was younger. For 5 months he was he yeah. was yeah. And looking and at people in a way. And it's training and and getting them accustomed now I could have people taking pictures with him, you know. He's made advertisements, you know, he goes on yeah. school tours and all that stuff. But it takes it takes a lot of work. That was a lot of nights training. Yes. To make that happen. Yeah. 
to shape him into yeah. who he is today. Yeah, correct. correct. A lot of a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of yeah, and hours of training. And I've said this. Uh, uh, some people told me after this, they see like so they they see like Frank work, for mm-hmm. example. Frank is um dog, and they come back and they say. You know, um, he's actually better than his father. Thinking I would th- take that as an insult, and I agree with them. I said, yes, Frank is a better natural dog than Echo ever was. You know, yeah, he's, he's better naturally. He is extremely <laughs> clear. Yeah, and I have to say, it, it's extremely clear. Yeah, and I have the pleasure of working with him yep. in, in obedience, and I enjoy every second of it. And we have gotten so close that I dare say I have the same relationship with Frank as with Force, with his brother, nice. that, yeah. that I have. Yeah. If you, when, I'm, when I <laughs> go there to do a training session, this dog hugs me. Yeah. He runs up on me, hugs me, and presses his head against the chest. Yeah. You know, the, that kind of closeness with a dog that is not yours is rare. Yeah. And Frank just gives that freely. Yeah. You know, and training does not begin until he gets that out of the system. Yeah. yeah. If he's in a crate, he will cry yep. in the crate. Yep. The moment I pull up. Yep. You know, his owner has to let him out to get it out of the system. Yeah. And then he's already for work. Yeah. Whether it's me handling him or training him or the owner, that's fine. But he must get that out of the system first. Yep. Yep. Astro and that's what makes him. it fun working yep. with him. I yep. I enjoy every session with him. It, yeah. It's I'm looking forward to those. Yeah. You know. Yep. You, sometimes it, I get to work with some dogs who are not like him. Yeah. And I count down the days to, to his training session. And then there's the misconception that a dog like that is probably friendly and would not. Oh, far and from would it. Not But it is something that. We, and I say we, those who know you, have over the years come to expect from your dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bias right? set high, yeah. <laughs> there, there it is. I said it, right? <laughs> I don't accept, I, I don't expect anything less from your dogs. And that is one of the reasons why you're here today, why we have this podcast by you. Because... I believe that how your dogs are should be an example for others. And coming from the country where the breed originated, it was very heartwarming for me to see Rottweilers the way they're supposed to be and behave the way they're supposed to behave. Because in the 25 years here, a lot of people brought in a lot of dogs who did not behave like that. Correct who yeah. were either overly aggressive or not clear enough in the head and wanted to bite when they weren't supposed to. Yeah. And and all of this. So that, you know, it's... it's, it's nah, that's not how they're supposed to be. And yeah. you know, for years, I'm looking at, at dogs. And, nah, this is not... This is not your rot, well, you This is know. not what I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then when you started breeding and, and you brought in Nestor... And I went to the airport with you, and I fell in love with that dog uh, r- 10 minutes out of the crate. Yeah. And I've never stopped talking about mm-hmm. him. You know, I always compared every dog to him. Yeah. Every Rottweiler that I encountered, I compared to Nestor. 
And then, you know, you had Echo, yeah. you had the E-Litter, and I have the pleasure of, of having an Esther daughter, yeah. you know, who in no shape or form disappointed, yeah. you know, in everything that she does and stands for. And now with, with Echo's son, you know, having him, it just reaffirmed everything for me, yeah. you know, it's... So people ask me, so where can I get a good Rottweiler from? I said, well, I know somebody, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, there might be a litter once every two years. Yeah, yeah. And, and you have to. And even if there is one, I choose you. You don't choose there is, me. There <laughs> is a process. There is a, a quite lengthy process yeah. <laughs> that you would have to go through to be considered. Correct. And then you don't get to choose your dog. Yeah. Correct. You get chosen. Yeah. And then the dog for you gets chosen. Yep. Yep. That's the way the it's The only done. thing you get to decide is whether male or female. Yep. <laughs> if you want a male That is the female. only decision that's up to you. Yeah. You know, and that is, to me, that's how it's supposed to be. And in a lot of places in Europe, that's how it is. Yeah. Correct. Right? We are so accustomed here in, in Trinidad that we go and check out a litter and look at the dogs and then choose a puppy. Puppy, yeah. That's what a lot of people And like. a lot of people get the wrong dog. You know? I, it, even when, when I got Ninja, a German Shepherd, from, from Roger's brother, I more or less had the pick of the litter with the exception of a female. And I was looking for a male to begin with. That... Um, Steve's daughter wanted. Yeah. Right? So he said, but other than other than that one, you can choose whichever one. And they all came to the front and they're all drivey and making noise and thing. And in the middle of the chaos was this one puppy that sat there, didn't allow anybody to push him out of the way, but didn't engage in the craziness. Right. And sat steadfast in the middle of chaos, staring at me. Yeah. Maintaining eye contact. Yeah. And told him I said, I want that one. Yeah. <laughs> and Ninja became a, a narcotics detection dog. Mm -hmm. He um did his BH, you know. Yeah. And well, you, you say that's the best dog ever, no? Yeah. Yeah, but he's getting some stiff competition right now <laughs> with force. I well, must say. Good to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a close race. I must yeah. say, in terms of closeness, in terms of the relationship yeah. that I have with the dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's getting dangerously close. And and that's you know? I know I know how you felt about Ninja, and I knew Ninja. Yes, and that's that, big kudos. That that, that dog was yeah. was the apple of my eye. Yeah, you know, right behind my son. Yeah, and um. But force is getting close. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the hair is raising just yeah. talking about this. Yeah. You know, because I'm still not over ninja. Yeah. You know, but yeah. that force is, is <laughs> he has he has some big shoes to fill. Yeah. And he's stepping in them. Good. good. He's stepping That's in them. Yeah. I must say. Yeah. He's yeah. He's he, there was some some to and fro in initially when he was a year, just over a year. Yeah. There were one or two challenges. But he has since accepted that, you know, throwing out that challenge does not work out well. Yeah. <laughs> and since then, we did not have any of those. Yep. Yep. It has gotten 
to the point where he's not too keen on other dogs. And the neighbor's dog lives above us. There's like a two-story, almost two-story retaining wall. And when that dog barks down at him, he, he has an issue with it. And he goes and he growls up and he hops on the front legs. And I, uh, once I'm there with him, I always say, nine. Yeah. And he abandons it and comes back. Good. Despite the dog still barking at him. Yeah. Without me having to pick him up. Yeah. Or without me having to move towards him. Yeah. Wherever I am and I say that, he comes back to me. Yeah. He will abandon that. We're not quite there yet with the garbage truck. But... <laughs> But um, that's yeah. yeah. The truck tend to yeah. have a, <laughs> a different. <laughs> it poses a different challenge. Yeah, <laughs> and they pick up the garbage close to his favorite lookout place. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he kind of waits for them. Yeah, you know. But um, no. But with 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 dogs, yeah. Even even when I have him somewhere, a quick tug on the leash and nine. <laughs> he protests, yeah. but he stops. Yeah, you know, which yeah. is a far cry. Yeah. From how he used to be. Correct. Where yeah. he wanted to have a go at every dog he encounters. Yeah. So that, he's getting there. Good. He's getting there. And he has missed nine months of training. Yeah. Because of the injury. Yeah. You know, so so it's, we have to get him back there. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I'm, I now occupy real estate in his head. Good. That's, and that's important. I can get into his head. Yeah. Right. I live in his head. So, it does not have to be via leash anymore. All right. Yeah. And that that is a good place to be with him. That is a real good place to be with him. And um, he enjoys it more too. Excellent. Right? Yeah. He enjoys it more because even, with, as you know, my main dog is lives in the bedroom with me. Yeah. So he has his pillow. He took over the spot. Not the pillow. Yeah. <laughs> but he took over. I gave him a new pillow. But he took over Ninja's spot. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all I can, all, that's all I can say. say yeah. I can nod my head and say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting there. Nice. He's getting there. Nice, you know. Nice. And, and it's it's fun. It's it, I have a tremendous amount of fun with him. Yeah, and I love him dearly. Yeah, it, I get close to a lot of dogs that I train. Yeah, but when it comes to my dogs, it's on a different level. Yeah, yeah. So when I hear people migrating and they can't take their dog and yeah, I, yeah, I, that's, yeah. I know sometimes yeah. circumstances wouldn't allow it. Yeah. But if it is for a job, I get another job. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Your dogs are part that, of your life. That is in, integral part of your life. After f- over four decades of working with dogs. Yeah. Is it my dogs? There's nothing that can separate me from my dogs. Correct. Yep. You know, especially when they're of that quality. Yeah. And that that behavior, that you know, clearness in the head. Yeah. Because even even the shepherd Heidi, she's like that too. Mm-hmm. She's she's very clear, very powerful for a small female. Yeah. And she bites harder than injured it. Yeah. And that dog is also very clear yeah and occupies a very special place you know but um yeah right. 
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Got a bit too much into it. It's but uh, yeah, but it's 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 such a pleasure when you have a dog with that is bred properly and that functions properly and does all the things that you expect it to. It's a it's a real powerful thing to have. Yep. And it's a real powerful emotion behind it because yeah. there's people that spend decades trying to get that. I have three. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a huge privilege. Yeah. You know, a yeah. huge privilege. And I hear other trainers talk about it, you know. There's um Robert Capral was talking about that. Yeah. With with his dog. Yeah. Uh, his three dogs, his Labrador and his Mal and um you hear Larry Crone talk about that. Yeah. You hear Ivan talk about that. Yeah. When you when you have those relationships with your dogs, they go deep. Yep. They go deep. They go very deep. Yep. I remember seeing Ivan doing a, a, a impromptu live with a, a, a bottle of scotch because Ice got injured. Yeah, yeah. A short time before the World Championships. Yeah. You know, you could see the 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 drop in emotion yeah. in Ivan's face, Ivan's face when yeah. he did this impromptu yeah. live. Yeah. And it's yeah, he was just telling people about it. Yeah. <coughs> but you you felt it for him. Yep. You felt it for him. You you could sit there and say, gosh boy, you know. And yeah, and and with the sport IGP is a lot, a lot of work. Oh yeah, there's a tremendous amount of training behind it and, and, and work and, and hours was, upon hours was, of uh, working with your dog. Yeah. And then to get there and um and you have that unfortunate thing it Yeah, Ice lives with him. It's yeah. not a dog that you just grab from the kennel and, and that is your competition dog. Yeah. Correct. There's more to it than that. You know, you don't win a world championship. You don't become world champion like he has done twice. Yeah. With a dog that, yeah, I have it in the kennel. Yeah. No. Because that teamwork, that relationship, that has to be on point. Yeah. To get those points. Yep. And you could see the devastation in his face. And yeah. I felt it for him. Yeah. I've never been in that position. But I felt it. Yep. Yep. You know. Yep. Yeah. So well, one of the things about um, about, about Rottweilers, we, I think we should touch on just before we finish. All right, um, is the big controversy about the head. Um, oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a, uh, I think we can have a podcast it, on the Rottweiler. No, and not no. say anything about that. No, we must we must mention. <laughs> the yeah. All right. And the nose. And the muzzle. And the muzzle. Right. Um, so uh, the fad that has crept into the breed. Uh, especially in this, let's say, in the last decade, decade and a half, um, is where you, we have Rottweilers now with really large heads and extreme. Well, the stop is uh, where the where the muzzle meets the eye, right there. So you have what they call a very steep stop or a ninety degree stop. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes even more, it slopes forward with the f with the forehead coming out. You know, right. uh, the muzzle is s sh short and smashed in, and the 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 word that a lot of people use is a pugweiler. Oh, I use it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not holding back on that one because it looks like a pug. <laughs> you know, and and those are things that are creeping into the breed. But again, when uh, it was becoming um, uh, more pronounced. Uh, or more uh, more widespread in the breed, the ADRK took the stand, and they 
they didn't change the breed standard. That's that's what I, uh, sometimes you hear people say the ADRK. They didn't change the breed standard. They, they just quantified it. They quantified and clarified it because it was always there. Right? What they did is they just used stronger language. And took some of the discretion out. Yes, and took some of the discretion out of it. And and that is to preserve the head type in the Rottweiler, which is, which is um, unique to the Rottweiler, which is what they call a, a, a breed type right for the rottweiler the head is is a breed type right mm -hmm. and then i've heard the argument uh that some people say the rottweiler is not a head breed it's not a head breed only but it's a head breed <laughs> it's a big feature in the yeah dog. it's a big feature of the dog you know it, it defines the dog the rottweiler head defines the dog and if you if if you have uh, extremities either way where the head is too narrow the muzzle too long, you know, uh, or, or the head is too uh, too too short. The muzzle too short. The head is too wide, or uh, 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 but the steep stop looking more like a mastiff, uh, and all those things creeping into the breed. Um, it needs to be addressed, you know. Yeah, I I always say, if you want a mastiff, get a mastiff. Exactly. If you want a terrier, yeah. get a terrier. terrier. Yeah. But don't turn the Rottweiler into a Mastiff or a Terrier. Terrier, correct, and that's and you're absolutely correct, Mark. Yeah, you know the yeah. breeds are out there. Yeah. If you, if you like that type of head, well, get a dog with that head. Yeah. But don't try and and morph something that took very long to to create. Yeah. And morph it into something just because you're of a fad. Yeah. Yeah. You know. The Rottweiler, as it is, and it's described in the breed standard, is a very functional dog. Correct. When yeah. you have the shorter muzzle and you get troubles with dentition, and they, 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 it's impossible for them to bite the same way, yeah. to produce the same bite force. Yeah. It cannot happen. It's physics. Yeah. This is not about preference. It's plain physics yeah. and biology. It cannot happen. happen. Correct. To get a bite force, correct? The yeah. Rottweiler has one of the highest bite force. Yeah, and it's because of how the, the geometry of the head is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, that's why when, when I see a Rottweiler with a big head and a very short muzzle, I will forever call them Pugweilers. Yeah. yeah. I will not hold back to and be politically correct. And then we have the problem because of the dark coats, all right, uh, the black coats and the size of the dog. In our very humid climate in Trinidad and Tobago and in the Caribbean and even in the summer times in, 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 the, um, in the temperate countries, um, the dog, even, even as the standard, right, w they would reach a point in time that, that the dog will start to overheat and, and, yes. and, uh, and, and you'll have to, you have to look at that carefully, right? So, f so much worse it with would a shorter be for a dog, dog with a shorter muzzle. Yes. So I've seen the dogs with the shorter muzzle in, uh, usually they, you don't tend to see them in, in um, IGP or Schutzen or any sort of work and stuff. You, you, don't, you don't see videos with the dogs with the shorter muzzle much, if any. Because they, the, can't, they can't bite the same way. But you will they see them points. in the confirmation rings, right? And by the time the dog takes one lap or one and a half lap, and I'm sure it's in temperatures in temperate countries. I'm sure it's between five and and fifteen degrees Celsius, let's say around there. And the dog is panting with yeah. the tongue out like I mean like crazy. And and the word endurance 
is in the breed standard also. Yes. Right? And there is, in, in, in Germany, a lot of Rottweilers, according to standard, yeah. Rottweilers, yeah. pass the endurance test. Yeah, correct. The AD. Yeah. 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 That is not an easy test to pass. Yeah. You know, yeah. so... Yep. Yep. It's it's a little different. Yeah. Like these these dogs with the short muscles can't can't run the same distance. No, no, they can't. And and if there's any change to a breed that helps the breed, all right, that may help a shortcoming in the breed. Um, I could see people looking at it, you know, to, uh, to probably add it into the breed standard uh, as the case may be. But clearly, the fad that 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 the people have with what we call the hypertype. Mm. That's that, that the fad of the hypertype does not improve the dog. No. <laughs> it doesn't in, improve. In no shape or form. It does not improve the dog. In no shape or form. Because yeah. with, with that wider and bigger head, you also tend to get the looser the eyelids. eyelids yeah. And then get more eye infections Correct. and all of that. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. counterproductive. Yeah. Correct. All right. All so... Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I thought I we should just uh, yeah. <laughs> touch no, on no, that. that was a very important <laughs> aspect of yeah. it. Before we, you know, glad you brought up. it up. Yeah. <laughs> because when whenever I see it, I shake my head. Yeah, so I, I know. <laughs> it, it goes into the the archives or the pet peeves. Yeah. There's quite a few. Yeah. And in in podcasts to come, we will touch on more of those pet peeves. Yeah. Because we collect them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we collected them over the years and yeah. decades. So, um, guys, if you want to check out really good Rottweilers, <laughs> look up One Head Vanguard Rottweilers. <laughs> check out Aaron's pages and check out his dogs. Um, owning two, I can tell you, they're working. Yeah, they use Trinidad <laughs> slang. They're working. Aaron, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. I hope down the road we will do it again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we can go into more detail of the breed. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Um, I just wanted and to get some general yeah. notions dispelled. And if anybody has any questions, they're free to message you and also message me. You know, if you have any questions, anything you want to clarify, the information is there. Anyone accesses is not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Again. <laughs> <laughs> one head vanguard uh-huh. rottweilers look it up on facebook you have all the information there again Aaron, it's been a pleasure especially since we're friends for so many years yeah it it, it, it <laughs> i wanted to do this badly <laughs> i appreciate it <laughs> i appreciate so it i'm glad we, we we could do it yeah and you had the time yeah <laughs> to do this um, I'm sure a lot of people will benefit from it yeah. by watching this podcast and hopefully to the end, even <laughs> though it's lengthy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but let's let's wrap it up there and yeah. until next time. Yep. All right, All right. Thanks a lot. You take care. All right. All right.